This is the Wide Awake Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. As a child psychologist, I believe the most important part of the work I do is supporting parents by helping them deeply attune to their child and find their own balance of connection, nourishment, and inspiration. To do this, I lean on the practice of mindfulness. Join me in a conversation about raising our kids, raising our consciousness, and trying to stay awake. Welcome to episode four. Today, we're going to look at the small pieces we steadily incorporate in our parenting every day to build resilient little beings. We had planned to look at this as well as how to prepare a child for specific changes we know are coming. But once we started putting the show together, we realized we had so many suggestions for you, and to make the information clear and useful, we decided to create two different episodes. In this episode, we'll focus on building resiliency daily. This is the foundation for resiliency, the apple a day that will keep unnecessary stress and unhealthy coping away. In our next episode, we'll look at preparing your child for a specific transition or crisis. I hope by separating the information, we're making it more accessible and clear. However, we have released them together, so if you're on a roll with a kitchen deep clean or have a long commute, you can listen to these episodes back to back right now. Okay, let's get started. What do I mean when I say resilience? Being resilient doesn't stop us from feeling hard feelings such as being sad, betrayed, or scared. In fact, recognizing these feelings and accepting that we have them is the first part of being resilient. With resiliency, we face our tough experiences, we feel our difficult emotions, and we continue to grow. We continue to engage in the activities we enjoy. We continue to take good care of ourselves, attend to our relationships, pursue our long and short-term goals, And we choose to act with behavior that's in line with our integrity. Doesn't that sound like an excellent way to handle your stuff? Are you wondering right now, how much resilience does my family have in our reserve? Well, lucky for us, life gives us many opportunities to test ourselves, big and small moments to practice these skills and gauge where we and our children stand with all this. If you think your family may need a refuel, we have some tips made just for you. And I want you guys to get excited about this. I've noticed in my work with families that we, the parents, can get worried and lost trying to keep these challenges at bay, away from our children. I think a more useful way to handle our energy here is to focus on coaching our child through these inevitable experiences. Let's do a check-in. What does it feel like for you to accept that there will be many, many challenges your child will have to face in their lifetime? Does that urge to protect them from as much as possible resonate with you? Remember, we're not here to judge ourselves, but it's extremely helpful to our parenting when we are self-aware. When we want to step in and protect our child, it's because we love them. 
and maybe we aren't sure how they'll handle an uncomfortable experience. Maybe we aren't very confident in our ability to help them navigate an obstacle. So here are some actionable suggestions that I hope boost your confidence when you're called in to coach. This is what you can do every day to help your child be emotionally sturdy and ready to successfully manage change when it comes. I do my best to give my reasoning behind all of these suggestions because I think that when we understand how things connect, what is truly gained by our actions, it increases our motivation to show up and be there. It also helps us to be really intentional with the time we spend with our child. Now, I've already had the pleasure of connecting with many of you, and from what you've shared about your parenting, I think you might already be doing a lot of these things. The purpose of this podcast is to share information I think all parents should have access to, but also to validate the hard work we're already doing. I really want you guys to recognize that all of the time and thought you put into your parenting is having a profound impact. It is nourishing your child in ways you may not always acknowledge in your day-to-day. So take time to notice where you may need to be more consistent and also give yourself credit where credit is due. Our first recommendation is to watch and listen to who your child is. You'll notice I suggest this a lot. When you hang out with your child, you learn about their favorite things, what they're interested in learning more about, and what roles they enjoy taking on. You hear about their day, you hear about how they feel, about what's going on in their life, and the stories they choose to tell. This right here is the biggest impact you're having on fostering a strong and capable child. From the time they're just infants, our kids use their relationship with us in understanding who they are in the world. The more time you spend together showing a deep interest in them, the stronger their foundation of self-identity. Think about really tough things you've faced and how important it was for you to have a sense of who you are. By listening, you're showing them you accept their unique spirit, and this will help them to feel confident in who they are So when they are challenged, it's simply a problem to deal with, not something that will upend their whole sense of self. This also helps them to care for themselves so that if they're being treated unfairly, they can recognize this and advocate for themselves in appropriate ways. Plus, this helps you create a bond where they're used to sharing who they are with you. When you have this, it makes it so much easier for them to share the good and the bad with you when it's most important. Encourage your child to do the things they love. If they love sports or dinosaurs or reading or throwing tea parties, show a genuine interest in this. Help them make space and time to do these things. When children have a hobby or skill, they feel competent. They feel powerful. I know all the names of the dinosaurs. I'm really good at basketball. I read eight books this summer. Not only do children feel proud, Not only do these activities help them learn and develop, but when a child is dealing with something stressful, these turn into their healthy coping skills. Think about the adults you know. How do they handle stress? Do some of them hit up the gym or scrapbook? Do some of them hit up the bar and get in fights with everyone they know? 
The latter choices are examples of a lack of healthy coping skills. We all need to express who we are, feel good at something, and have fun. When your child shows you the things they've discovered enrich their life, encourage it. Verbalize feelings. Help your child verbalize their feelings. The two best ways to do this are to verbalize your own feelings and to be as encouraging as possible when your child verbalizes hers. We know that we learn the most through modeling. So think about how often you share how you feel with your family. What's the vibe around sharing feelings in your household? When you can express your feelings with words, you're helping your child to build an emotional vocabulary. You taught them their colors and numbers, but how many feelings do they know? Happy and sad don't leave us with a lot of choices. If we don't have the words, we tend to use actions or, to be accurate, reactions. These usually land our child in trouble and still hurting. It can be hard to hear that your child's angry, saddened, or disappointed, especially with you. If you're having trouble tolerating this, they'll pick up on that and then shut their feelings down. They want us to be proud and they want to please us. Show them you can tolerate their feelings and that you can accept it as part of life that people will be upset with one another. Praise them for using their words. You do not have to accept bad behavior or mean or disrespectful statements from them. But honestly, the more you create an environment that allows them to express their feelings, the less likely they'll choose to act out because they have a better option, one that leaves them feeling heard and emotionally regulated. Help your child be connected. Encourage their budding friendships and their interest in creating relationships with children their age, siblings, and relatives. Your child learns so much about themselves in their relationship with you. Help them expand the sense of connectedness. Notice who they enjoy seeing and make an effort to ensure they get to spend time with these friends or relatives. We know the benefits of having a tribe of people supporting us. For your child, it's no different. As they get older, they're able to lean on the people in their lives they can trust, and it helps build confidence and esteem to maintain healthy relationships. If they're having trouble connecting with other children, seek out support from teachers or childcare providers about what they see happening in these interactions. Take time to help them build up these skills through practice and maybe some coaching from you. This topic is worthy of its own episode, so we can go into more detail as each situation depends on the child's age and other developmental factors. If you guys are interested in an episode dedicated to building social skills, share that feedback with us at wideawakeparenting.com. Play it cool. When challenges or stressful situations come up, make the assumption that your child can handle it. I'm not suggesting you walk away or ignore what's going on. Don't play it that cool. But check in with yourself and the signals your child's giving you. Are they upset or are you? If you panic when an older child grabs their doll at the park, you teach your child this is a situation that's so threatening, you're unsure they'll be able to navigate it. They'll learn to be intimidated next time. Instead, watch. Maybe they will need your assistance, or maybe they use their words and say, hey, that's my doll. You can play with me if you want, though. 
By observing how your child manages the situation, you have a more realistic picture of where they're at developmentally and what skills they do or do not have in their back pocket. Focus on you. How are you with the things we just explored? Do you feel connected with a tribe? Do you have relationships that allow you to express your true feelings and that make you feel seen? Do you have healthy activities you enjoy that allow you to feel creative or peaceful and that you can turn to in times of stress? Give yourself permission to attend to these things in your life, to either restock or continue to prioritize. I hope we're making the connection from your self-care to your child's well-being clear on the show today. When we have these things in place for ourselves, we're less worried and tangled in our own thoughts and more present for ourselves and our child. And of course, we're modeling healthy tools for our kids just by caring for ourselves. So we get double credit. How awesome is that? Don't sweat the small stuff. We tend to pick apart the details when we're feeling anxious. There are so many things we can choose to worry about. When you have your self-care in place, it's easier to be intentional with where you spend your energy. If you can model flexibility to change, your child gets a consistent lesson on how this is done. Flexibility doesn't mean we don't have goals in place or that we let people walk all over us. We are flexible when we have confidence that we can come at this issue from another direction, that we just need a different way to solve the problem or reach our goal. When we're rigid, it makes change so much more uncomfortable and stressful. When you can find moments where you can be flexible, be sure to include your children in the process so they can see how it's done. Oh man, I thought the store opened at 10 a.m., but the sign says 11. I wonder what other errands we can get done now while we're waiting for this store to open. And when you see your child being flexible with you, a friend, or an obstacle in their way, give them lots of praise. Our final recommendation is to ask for help. How do you feel about asking for help? For many of us, this is extremely difficult. If it's uncomfortable for you, start small but do start to experiment. By modeling how to ask for help, you ensure that your child understands that needing help is not shameful and a normal part of life. When your child asks you for help, attend to them. If you think it's something they don't really need help with, explore it with them, but try not to shut them down. This is a skill that's so useful to have in a difficult situation and one you want them to feel comfortable accessing. So now that we have all the resiliency factors cooking on the day-to-day, a change or obstacle will be much easier for our child to overcome. But when you see that big transition coming over the horizon, maybe it's a move, a new school, an illness in the family, a divorce, a change in lifestyle, what can you do to help your child thrive in the midst of it? Well, you can start by listening to episode five, which we have already for you. We'll discuss how a wide awake parent can prepare their child for anything. Thank you so much for joining me for our show today. All the information we've discussed is in our show notes, and you can find these by going to wideawakeparenting.com, selecting show notes, and then episode four. I'm Dr. Kirsten Kazarian. 
And until we meet again, be gentle with yourself, courageous on your path, and let's help each other try to stay awake.